Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After claiming back-to-back wins against the AFC West, the Bears head to the Motor City to face a familiar foe in fellow NFC North Division mate and the currently winless Detroit Lions. Can the Bears make it three in a row, or will they fall victim to a cornered animal? Pride of Detroit's Jeremy Reisman from SB Nation joins us on the Week 6 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. an 0-3 start, part of which we actually kind of anticipated bearing the schedule and such, our beloved look to go into the bye week on a three-game winning streak as they face the Lions on Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 6 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review, and we're going to have Jeremy Reisman back on the show. We spoke to him earlier in the summer during our opponent preview episodes, had an awesome discussion about the Lions and what 2015 was supposed to be. And as you'll hear when we talk to Jeremy here in a few minutes, um, obviously things not going according to plan. Uh, you know, you'll hear me tell Jeremy the same way that we started off with Seth. You know, when we got to this point in the season, looking at the schedule, I wasn't expecting to be facing a 1-3 Chiefs team, and I sure as hell wasn't expecting to face an 0-5 Lions team. I mean, that was, that was a huge surprise um, going in. I mean, granted – they had a four-game start that rivaled ours for sure. I mean, they had to play. They played Arizona last week. They had to play uh, Denver. They played uh, Seattle and Green and Minnesota and uh, started on the road at San Diego. I mean, it was a tough, tough road they had to go in those first five games. And you know, when I saw the first five, I was thinking maybe two and three, not zero oh and five. So we'll talk to Jeremy about that and and what his theories on are on on why it is that the lions are 0 five and had some interesting things to say about the fandom of the detroit lions and um where their heads are at right now as a as a whole or you know at, at least uh you know where where people who are offering their opinion where their heads are uh right now and, and being a member of the sp nation staff for pride of detroit uh dot com you know he's pretty plugged in on what the fan base of the Lions is uh, is thinking these days, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a concept or a thought that I really can't get behind, regardless of uh, your your motives or your motivations or whatever. Um, you know, I'll let Jeremy uh, talk about that later on in the in the uh, show. But um, just a couple of uh, brief things before we get to our our talk with uh, with Jeremy. Uh, obviously, the big news uh, for the Bears is uh, the injury report. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's still a long one. Um, plenty of guys either, either limited or not practicing and, and whatnot. It's, it's an interesting uh, mix considering, you know, how beat up this team is to be on a uh, two-game winning streak and, and in a pretty good position to make it three. 
um, going into the bye as I pull up the list here. Uh, Josh Bellamy, who left the Kansas City game with a groin injury, has been uh, limited in uh, both practices this week on Wednesday and Thursday, as has Jermon Bushrod, who passed the concussion protocol on Monday, but has been limited with a shoulder injury. Uh, Ego Ferguson limited yesterday, did not practice today on Thursday. That's the same for – actually, Shane McClellan hasn't practiced at all. Neither has uh, Terrence Mitchell or Antrell Roll um, so far this week. Um, Eddie Royal uh, did not practice Wednesday, but was limited on Thursday. Everybody else on the list is limited. Uh, like I said, Josh Bellamy with a groin injury, Bushrod with a shoulder. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey still limited with a hamstring injury. Uh, I read in an, an article earlier today saying that he's felt better than he has in a while, but still wouldn't comment on his percentage or likability to play uh, on Sunday. And John Fox offered earlier this week that the fact that it's the bye week has no bearing on, you know, maybe they'll just save Alshon for after the bye week and and so on. It's, uh, you know, if he's ready to go, he's going to play on Sunday uh, no matter what. Uh, Pernell McPhee is nursing a shoulder injury. He was limited uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, as was Patrick Omeme, who missed starting last week in Kansas City uh, with that ankle injury that he suffered against the Raiders. Ratliff is still on the injury report with the ankle injury that he suffered in preseason. And um, Will Sutton, uh, is bothered by an elbow, has also uh, been limited. So it's not 13 names uh, not like it was, or even 16. It grew to 16 uh, by Friday uh, last week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Well, I was right. It wasn't 13. It's 12. So that's close enough. And the Lions, while we're here, are uh, – Got a few names on. I think they're just as injured as the Bears are. <laughs> You'll actually hear Jeremy talk about that quite a bit uh, as well. But like some of the names, uh, Joyke Bell, Eric Ebron, uh, Jason Jones, their defensive end, Devondre Levy, DeAndre Levy, excuse me, Holadi Nada, uh, Theo Riddick, uh, Darius Slay, their their top cornerback, uh, Daryl Tapp, defensive end, Golden Tate, all limited with with various. Uh, injuries uh larry warford their starting guard who is actually probably the best offensive lineman on the team however has been full go so far this week uh, uh, uh despite nursing an ankle injury and joik bell who i mentioned earlier has also been full participation despite an ankle injury uh as well so i mean the lions are coming into this thing just as equally banged up uh, as the bears are so we'll see how uh how maybe that maybe that evens the field or something like that going into it on Sunday. So anybody who's listened to this show knows that the Detroit Lions, especially in the Jim Schwartz days, were my least favorite team in the division. As much as and, and the funny thing is, I I always wanted to beat Green Bay more just because it would mean more. But uh, I always enjoyed victories over the Lions more uh, probably than I would uh, against Green Bay just because I hate the Lions I have for a long time and uh, you know obviously when that douchebag Schwartz was the head coach in in Detroit and that smug arrogant for the sake of being arrogant attitude uh, that they had uh, it was it's just you know it's disgusting it's annoying and it's you know it's there's no need for it in football confidence yes arrogance no so um, you know arrogance is 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 foolish and it's it's ignorant it's what it is and so uh uh, I'm hopefully we can we can win this game uh, on Sunday and go into the um, 
going to the bye week on a three-game win streak, getting ready for uh, the next big test that the Bears have in, in two weeks at home against the Vikings. Um, I I'm really am looking forward uh, to that one to see how much Teddy Bridgewater has progressed since we played him in late November uh, last year, just to see where he's at and uh, – uh, and so on. I mean, we did play him last game of the season last year, but uh, you know, from where he was when we first saw him in, in the in our first meeting last year to where he is now. hiring with Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now uh, we got the Vikings week number eight after the bye, so looking forward to that. And, um, you know, it, this, this, this should be, you know, I think... It's, it's either going to be one of two things, uh, and I honestly believe this. I think that either it's going to be a, a knockdown, drag-out struggle to the end like the last two games have been, or I think the Bears are going to blow Detroit out of the stadium. I really, really do. I think it's going to go one, one of those two ways. And, you know, if it's close, then it's anybody's game, obviously. But if it's a blowout, it's going to be on the Bears' end. I, I really feel that way. Um, you know, I just think that um, the, the Lions are only 49 yards a game running the football. And, I mean, talk about a bad time to be running into the Bears' defense uh, right now with the way that they're, they're kind of really hitting stride on the defensive side of the ball. And, and granted, the Chiefs were starting to beat us up on the ground a little bit before Jamal Charles got hurt. But when you're only rushing for 49 yards a game, it's not really something, obviously, that you're, you know, excelling at this year and the offensive line for the lions has been atrocious uh so far this year so hopefully they can dial up some things and get after stafford because if anybody can can you know get happy feet and make mistakes when he's under pressure stafford is the guy so um you know it'd be a nice opportunity to see the bears defense get some turnovers some takeaways and get the ball back into the offense's hands and i think if we can do that early on in the football game the, the way that Jeremy was talking when we were talking to him, it just seems like this team gets down quick and then their, their, their home crowd will pile on because the Lions had, a, had an early lead, I think, uh, or heard, had control of the ball game early on against the Cardinals last week and then things kind of fell apart in the second quarter and well into the second half. And by the time the game was over, you know, the Lions fans had checked out, were booing them, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite a mess towards the end of the uh, – towards the end of the game and um you know if if we can do that especially 
being a division rival, and I think they are. I'll, you know, I, I did ask Jeremy if if they if the Bears are the Lions' most hated rival uh, in the in the division. You know, if, especially if that is true among fans and things like that, to have the Bears come into town for them to be kind of a a weaker team, especially uh, amongst the opponents they've played so far. And if the Bears come in there and dominate and kind of blow the Lions out of their own stadium, it'll be the second week in a row that it's happened to them. And, you know, the fans will check out early and, you know, possibly even cause the the team to do so uh, as well. So um, that's basically like my key to the game is to pile on on the Lions early. You know, all the pressure in the world, just send it at Stafford. Go get him because they're going to try to throw the ball because they know they damn well can't run it. Or at least at this point they haven't proven uh, to be able to do so uh, so far. So get after Stafford, uh, do what you can to force some takeaways. And then on offense, it's simple. Finish, finish, finish. And then when you're done finishing, finish some more. No more field goals this week. We want touchdowns and not late fourth quarter desperation touchdowns. I want first quarter with 10 minutes to go on the clock touchdowns. That's what I want. You know, I want nice six, seven, eight minute drives that are finished with touchdowns, not these drives that go from the 20 to the 20 like a bat out of hell and then stall just outside the red zone so we're kicking field goals and everything like that. Robbie Gold already has the scoring record. There's no need at this point to contribute to it with field goals. Let's put them, let's contribute to it with extra points and put some touchdowns in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would like to see uh, from the Bears. I definitely believe the Bears will come away with a victory on Sunday. I just think that uh, the Lions are reeling and the Bears are peaking at this moment. They have all the momentum in the world the only thing working against there's only two things in my mind working against the bears right now number one it's on the road okay i mean obviously that didn't matter last week in in airhead but it's on the road so that's always kind of a factor and number two the lions are desperate this is a definite must win situation and you heard me say in the open will they fall victim to a cornered animal you know, it's like you, you, you don't want to corner an animal, you know, an animal because, you know, if you get them cornered, that whole fight or flight thing will happen. And, you know, one way or the other, that thing is going to go bad for you. So that's the only other thing that really bothers me about the game or at least, you know, something to keep an eye on or whatever. If, you know, if we, the one thing we want to avoid is the Lions starting fast and them having a reason to kind of get emotionally, you know, pumped or charged in the football game. It's it's that's why I'd say it's important for the Bears to get off to a fast start for them to kind of before the Lions can even thinking about getting any kind of emotional wind in their sails for the Bears to do something to take it away. Like eliminate the thought, you know, that that spark of an idea of trying to get ahead or having momentum or an advantage in this football game to just stomp that flame out before it gets big. And uh, I think if the Bears can do that, It'll be a relatively uh, relatively quiet Sunday for us and some uh, some pretty decent knee-jerk reactions where I'm just sitting back and relaxed and, hey, we're winning. It's 14 nothing at halftime or 21 nothing or, hey, the offense looks great and defense is getting after it and this is all wonderful. We're going to win three in a row. Awesome, you know, kind of thing. I'd, instead of the, you know, insane like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe we're losing the game to these freaking guys. These guys are terrible and this is happening and, I'm, and I have to watch it on television. That's the worst part. So let's try to avoid that. Get off to the quick start. Take the Lions down before they try to get up. And, uh, you know, let's win an easy ball game uh, on Sunday, or at least make it easy anyway. So that's my little two cents on uh, what's going to go down on Sunday or what I'd like to see. Let's go ahead and move on to our preview with our guest, Jeremy Reisman from SB Nation and Pride of Detroit. (laughs) 
As we head into week number six, we're going to be heading up to the Motor City to face the Detroit Lions, which means that once again, from Pride of Detroit on SB Nation, Jeremy Reisman, right? You, you got it. You got I it. I got it Perfect. this time. All right. You know, I swear that I probably said it wrong on the on the <laughs> review show when I was saying, hey, we're going to have Jeremy back on the show. And it's, maybe I said Reisman instead of Reisman. It's, anyway. Just go Heisman, Reisman. Hey, that works. Welcome back, uh, Jeremy. Glad to have you uh, back on the show. And I'm um, going to go ahead and, and start this uh, interview very similarly to the way that I did last week with, with Seth Kaiser from, from Arrowhead Pride. Um, looking at the schedule, heading into you know, the first half of the schedule for the Bears, that first three games, Green Bay, Arizona, um, Seattle. That's a nightmare to start off with for any team, let alone a team that's rebuilding and new defense and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking 0-3 most likely. We got Oakland week four, Arrowhead week five. And I told Seth when we come into Arrowhead week five, I was not expecting to be facing a 1-3 <laughs> Chiefs team. So fast forward at one week, and I sure as hell was not expecting to be facing an 0-5 Lions team, man. What's, what's going on up there? Man, uh, just about everything wrong that could possibly go wrong has has manifested itself in in Detroit right now. There's so, offensive line issues. There's injury issues. There's coaching issues. Um, yeah, just, it's a mess right now. So I mean, the, you know, my other question, you know, I mean, has the have they fallen victim to a tough schedule because we're in the same division, so we basically have the same schedule: a NFC East, NFC West, AFC West. Uh, was it has it just been bad breaks kind of like how you guys got screwed over in Seattle uh, <laughs> last weekend or is it bad play is it all of the above I mean is it just a that doomed season that the Lions have every now and then or, I mean you know what do you think it is anyway well there's definitely credence to the schedule theory we knew that coming in a right. lot of people pointed to those first four games at at San Diego at Minnesota at home against the Broncos, the Broncos on yeah. Sunday night and then at Seattle. A lot of people just pointed to those four games and most people would, were speculating if they could come out two and two out of there, they'd be happy. Most people right. were probably expecting somewhere either between one and three and two and two. Of course, they ended up going 0 and four and then getting blown out at home against Arizona, which most people weren't expecting, even with them being 0 and four. Right. Um, it's just been kind of a mess all around and some of it has to the schedule um like i said there's some injury concerns they haven't been getting any help from the referees obviously um it's just it's it's a multitude of things and it's it's everything really man what is it about seattle on monday night because i just (laughs) you know i said this a few years ago because i was actually watching that seattle green bay game i know you know the one i'm talking about of course i was recording my review show while that game was being played and I even was said on my review show, a Chicago Bears show, mind you, that I am obviously no Packer fan, but they got screwed on that one. And as you and I talked about when I had you on the show this summer, the Lions are my least favorite team in the division. And I was like, 
they got screwed on that one, man. It's just it's like the 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 refs kind of bone them out on on that, or at, especially when it was like they can't review it or right. it's a judgment call kind of thing. When clearly, clearly, you saw him knock the ball out of the end zone on purpose. So it's just, uh, you know, I mean, is it is it things like this that are going against you? I mean, or is it is it one weakness that your that your opponents are exploiting, or is it just like a like one week it's this, the next week it's that, and well, let, let me address the, the, the Monday night thing really quickly because okay. the, one, the one thing worse than than experiencing that as a fan is experiencing that as a fan in Seattle in that end zone like I had the pleasure of doing. Right, you were there. I was there in, wow. in that exact end zone. Oh, um, no. The, the interesting part about that is that every fan in there had no idea that a controversy was, was underway during the game. And even it took me probably an hour until after the game until I realized, you know, my phone was already dead. So I wasn't getting all the texts that were blowing up my phone. Mm-hmm. And um, there were just Seattle fans coming up to me saying, you guys got screwed. And that's all they would say to me because I was despondent at the time. <laughs> um, and I didn't know what they were talking about. I assumed they were just talking about, oh, your best player fumbled on the one yard line. That's yeah, you got screwed. So it was kind of interesting finally heading to a bar at the end of the day, um, seeing all the headlines popping up on sports center and everything about that, about the controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the lions do kind of have a, a, a record in their history of, of continually being screwed by the refs. And I know pretty much every fan base can point to th- things like that, but we have the Calvin Johnson rule. We have the pass interference from the, the Cowboys game that was picked up in the right. playoffs. We have this and the Jim Schwartz rule about challenging a, an unchallengeable play, all sorts of things in this recent memory that the, the Lions fans have been cursed with. But if we're talking just the 2015 Lions, you, you mentioned, is there a specific exploit um, that uh, other teams are, are taking advantage of? And the answer is yes, and it's their offensive line. The Lions haven't had anything resembling a running game. They're they're worst in the league in rushing yards, worst in yards per carry. Like 49 yards a game or something like yes. that, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's awful. And part of that is injuries. Um, Larry Warford has been in and out of the lineup. He's probably going to be back again this week. Ladrian Waddle, the right tackle, um, was going through an ACL um, in the offseason. He's been back in the lineup, but he's been terrible. And the Lions have a couple new pieces as well. They have a new center who hasn't been living up to his uh, draft status. And they've had to start Lakin Tomlinson, their first-round draft pick, who clearly isn't ready yet. So it's been a mess on the front, and the pass protection is suffering for it. As I said, the running game is a mess, and the offense in general has just been completely inept through, through five weeks. So I mean, are 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 people jumping off the cliff? Have they given up on this season already, or because you know that people were looking at those first four games? I mean, now that you're outside of that, as are people like, okay, well, the the Arizona blowout aside, things should start picking up from here, or you know, what's what's the mindset of the like the fan base right now? No, the only thing that anyone is hopeful for at this point are the sadistic fans that are thinking, oh, and sixteen could happen again. There's there's no hope in this fan base right now. And wow. uh, if, if the Arizona game had been competitive, it might be a little different, but right. the fact that it was so ugly, so quick in that game, people are already talking draft. They're talking about firing the entire coaching staff. 
Um, Stafford got benched in the last game, so people are questioning whether he should be the franchise quarterback going forward. Um, it's it's a mess in Lions fandom, and, and most people are just talking about tearing it all down and starting anew like the Bears had to last offseason. Well, well, speaking of the coaching staff, that was going to be my next question was, it's only Caldwell's second season. Is he already on the hot seat? I don't think so. I think in order for him to truly be on the hot seat, the Lions are going to have to lose at least 13 games this season, okay. which, I mean, that's certainly a possibility at this point. Yeah, you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think who is on the hot seat right now is offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. He's certainly been the scapegoat among Lions fans, and I think with good reason. I mean, the offense is, is the worst it's been in – in the Matthew Stafford era for sure. And, and probably the worst it's been dating further back. Like we'd have to go back to maybe even Joey Harrington era to, to compare with how inept the offense is. They're just, they're not getting the ball moving. They're not scoring any points and they're turning the ball over a lot, which is something that they didn't do last year a lot. Right. I mean, and, and talk about a bad time to be playing the bears. When, when when the Bears are really starting to find their rhythm defensively and your offensive line being the one weakness that you're pointing to or the one major weakness that you're pointing to that everyone kind of seems to be taking advantage of. Like the Bears really starting to find their footing, especially up front right. with, with, their, with their pass rush and everything. And now here they come into town uh, riding a two-game winning streak too. Yeah. Two, two pretty miraculous wins too. That, yes, indeed, that they were. Had to be so. just a Bears fan. Well, yes and no. I mean, they were, you know, freaking out the entire time. And then, hey, we won. How awesome is this? And there's just like, man, I wish I didn't have to go through this every week. So. Right, right. But uh, I definitely will take that over the hell that was 2014, where it was like, oh, we're down 17. We quit. And so that's this is way better for sure. So <laughs> but but speaking of Caldwell, um, has he lost the locker room? Because I, I read an article that's basically like, here's the evidence that maybe he has kind of thing when we were only five weeks into this thing has he already lost a locker room here uh i don't think so i know there was just i only saw one report i think it was bleacher report um jason cole i think had uh -huh. a report where he was just talking about that and if the anything the lions beat writer said um pretty much is in straight contrast to that um the players came out today i know golden tate and uh, safety James Ahedebo came out and were strictly against that, saying they're they're 100 percent behind Caldwell. Of course, you know what else are they going to say to the media? But right. at this point, I don't think so. Caldwell isn't to me. He's not really the type of guy who's going to lose a locker room just because he's kind of he's kind of got that father figure going to him, so he can kind of ease people through some bad times, in, at least temperamentally. Um, but you know, it it was I think last week was hard for for the Lions players because they were in front of the Lions crowd and getting blown out at home and getting booed at home and there was a sarcastic wave that happened in the fourth quarter with what little <laughs> fans were still in the uh still in the stadium. Wow. So I think um that was kind of demoralizing for some of the or for some of the players I know Golden Tate kind of had a quote out there where he was a little disappointed in the fans and he wanted them to come out and with their full support this week against the Bears and that that earned him some backlash and 
I think I think there's just a lot of new lions here that aren't used to that sort of adversity for their home crowd, and if any if anything is affecting their their morality, it's it's the fans, not Caldwell. Sure, sure, yeah, and I can I can see that, man. It, it's I guess it doesn't take much to turn the the lions <laughs> fans, huh? Well, you know we we're obviously used to a lot of failure, and when we're promised success like we were last year you know 11 and 5 and we're presuming we're at least going to get a piece of that this year and right. it's quickly taken away from us any sort of hope that we can have right. it tends to turn people sour pretty quick and it doesn't help that the lions are the only 0 and 5 team it doesn't help that they got blown out at home it doesn't help that there was a referee controversy it just it all adds up to a very irritable crowd and and it's hard to blame them for that. Sure. You know what it reminds me of, though? Something that hits pretty close to home for me. It's It sounds like that Lions fans and Cubs fans have a lot in common as far as that goes. Because there, there have been so many years where it's like, well, it's April 30th. We're done. So, I yeah. mean, let's see. The Cubs are, are 10 and 25 after the first month of the season. So, obviously, this isn't going to work out. So, Wait till next year, you know that kind of thing with the with the Cubs. So I mean, it sounds very familiar that you know th- for for a fan base to to give up so quickly. Yeah, you know, just because they're used to giving up that quickly, and it's like, well, we've had this, this, and this happen, so that spells crap season. What's going on in 2016? Uh, kind of thing. There there are a lot of tortured fan bases out there in the sports world, and not many can contend with the Lions, but the Cubs are right up there for for certain. So I mean, this is this it, like when I was uh, talking to someone earlier today. Is like this sees this is like heaven on earth. What's happening now yeah. with the with the Cubs? I mean, not only did they win the series, they beat the freaking Cardinals, and now now they're the favorites to to win it all, and not in that joking kind of way that people call the Cubs the favorites. So right. um, anyway, um, so this Sunday, you know, obviously it's a must win situation for the Lions if they want to have any semblance of a season um, this year. Um, you you got a division rival in the Bears coming into town for a series that n- more times than not is is split at home. The Lions right. usually win in Detroit. The Bears usually win in Chicago, kind of like the Bears and the Vikings um, kind of thing. What is it that the that the Lions have to do in order to come away successful this weekend? They they have to figure out something on offense. Um, th- I think the Bears. I know you were saying they're kind of getting their feet on defense, but they're still probably the worst defense that the Lions will have faced so far. I mean, they've had to face Minnesota, Denver, Seattle, um, you know, just a, a multitude of, of great defenses. So, right, and that's that's not a knock on the Bears. That's actually uh, praising yeah. everybody else that they've played so far. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying there. It's like, the, you know, despite it all, the Bears are probably the worst defense the Lions have faced so far because you faced the other five better defenses so far right. uh, this year. Right, and so I think there's a little bit hope in that, that the Lions can get something going on offense. They did see a little bit against Arizona in the first quarter. They actually outgained Arizona like 110 to 20 or something in the first quarter. They were They were in control of that game early on, and then – then the rest of the game happened, but um, yeah, they, they need to get something going on offense. I don't know if this is a game where the running game finally breaks out. I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm expecting the running game never to surpass like 65, maybe 70 yards in a game 
probably the entire season. So I'm not expecting much there, but they need to have some sort of threat there so that they can give Matthew Stafford some time. And they need to find that rhythm that they found in the first quarter of the Cardinals game and get the ball moving, just hopefully without the turnovers. Yeah, because I, I watched uh, you know at least a good, I would say, half of that Monday night game uh, against Seattle, and I was very impressed with your front four. Right. Uh, the way I mean, and granted, Seattle's got its own issues with their offensive line this year, but those guys were all over Russell Wilson. I mean, constantly in that game. I mean, what was the score like? Thirteen to ten. I think that, that was. The, I think that was the final. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So I mean, not a lot of points being scored. I mean, and that's a, you know, like the defense really came to play uh, against the the Seahawks. They're really true. getting after them. Unfortunately for the Lions fans, the. Detroit lost their two starting defensive tackles in that game. So Haloti Nada has been injured um, since that game. He didn't play against the Cardinals. And then Tyron Walker broke his fibula, I believe it is. He's out mm. for the year. Yeah, we just lost Will Montgomery to the same injury. So Yeah, so for whatever optimism there was that came out of that game defensively, um, it was kind of lost when those two guys went down and then the Lions were all hopeful. Well, we lost those two guys, but DeAndre Levy's coming back for the Cardinals game. Well, that turned out to be pretty sour as well as he went out before the end of the first half. Now he's getting surgery. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> when I was talking about injuries, the Lions are really suffering right now, and it, you know, it just seems to be snowballing right now with pretty much every issue for the Lions. Yeah. Um... So aside from, you know, the the under the offensive line underperforming thus far, is there anyone else that kind of sticks out as having not been what they what what you were expecting or what they should be so far this year? I guess I would have to say the defense at least a little bit. Um obviously they were the they they were the face of the Lions in, in 2014, one mm -hmm. of the best defenses in the league. And we knew there was going to be a step back with Sue gone and Fairley gone and C.J. Mosley gone. Um, you know, the, a big chunk of that defensive line was taken away. Um, the hope was that Haloti Nada, Tyron Walker, a couple other signings along the defensive line would kind of fill up that void. Um, with the injuries, though, and um, just kind of some of their – Older players seem to be showing their age a little bit as well. So the Lions have Stephen Tulloch, who's, um, you know, didn't play most of last year because of his uh, his celebration pen, or celebration injury. Oh, yes. Um, we're, we're well familiar with it. We have our own celebration guy that is healed up and playing this year. Right. He, he looks like he's lost a step this year. He's, he's been a liability in coverage. His matchup against Martellus Bennett this, this week scares me quite a bit. Um, aside from him, Rasheen Mathis, who's I think 34, somewhere between 32 and 34. Yeah, he's um, up there. Yeah, he's he's kind of taken a step back a little bit this year. So the defense, it hasn't been terrible like the offense has been, but I think most people are expecting somewhere near a top 10, so maybe like a, a 9th through 12th rated defense, and right now it's probably been more like a 20th to 24th ranked defense, which is obviously a big disappointment. So is it is it the offensive line that is causing the running game to be so bad, or are the running backs not quite holding up their end either? No, it, it's if in my opinion, it's 100 percent the the offensive line. Amir Abdullah was coming in with a lot of praise, a lot of hype after the preseason, and he's been having to dodge people in the backfield, which is never a good formula for 
a running back. Um, right. Joyke Bell hasn't been himself since his he's also coming off an injury. Um, he'll he reaggravated it, but he should be back this week. He hasn't looked the same, but at the same time, they're asking him to also make cuts in the backfield, which isn't really his style of running. So you could put a little bit of blame on the running backs, but I think this is this is either a scheme thing with Joe Lombardi kind of scheming the the offensive line to block in a way that they're not that's not highlighting the offensive line strength or the the offensive line is just not doing their job properly. It, it's probably a mixture of the two, but something's wrong with the offensive line. Sure, sure. So I mean, how much is 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 Stafford suffering because of the offensive line this year? Uh, bad enough where he's getting benched. I mean, he's he's got hammered in a couple of games. The the Chargers game to open the season and the Vikings games really battered him and and messed up his ribs, messed up his arm. It it was looking like he was gonna get you know carted off the field by week four. He hasn't been quite quite as much battered since then but he's still getting hurried and he's just not a quarterback that's good when he's forced to get the ball out quick or forced to try to make something happen with his feet he's not going to do that and and after a while he kind of gets those happy feet where he's he assumes the pocket's going to break down quickly because it typically is and and suddenly you know he's running away from his body and forced to throw the ball while running to his his left which he's not very good at or you know he's not squaring up when he's throwing which is something he's kind of always had an issue with and if he's getting pressured he's going to fall back on those tendencies to to throw a sidearm to throw with his feet not squared up and that's going to result in inaccurate passes interceptions he's already thrown for i think seven this year which is more than halfway to his total from last year so the offensive line is is definitely a big part of where Stafford is, is struggling here, but he also needs to take a little bit of the blame on himself. Sure, sure. Um, so I mean, is I mean, I mean, is it is it nearing the end? Is it time to start looking at other options for quarterback? I mean, because I know that that Stafford's going to start on Sunday, but I mean, is it something that's part of the discussion for for next season? Since a lot of fans are already looking ahead. Yeah, we we put out a couple of articles this week at Pride of Detroit kind of discussing that issue and it was met who whoever had everyone had an opinion on it and a very very strong opinion on it and it it I wouldn't say it was split 50-50 but I think fans are starting to think that once this contract is over the Lions might need to start looking elsewhere. Um there is a small faction that think they need to make a change now which they don't have any better options and trading or cutting Stafford this season makes no sense financially. So that's not going to happen. Um, but there is some rumblings about the lions potentially, you know, pulling a Packers here and, and drafting someone in the second or third round, if not this year, next year to just kind of have that, that new guy in place, maybe have him sit on the bench for a year or two while, while we run Stafford into the ground. But, um, (laughs) you know, it, I'm not quite there yet, um, but it, it's starting. It's starting to be a conversation, which means you know it it, it could develop into you know a, an actual thing if if things don't get better either this year or next year. Sure. So let's move on to the rivalry that we have here between our two um, franchises. Is 
is it a big rivalry for Lions fans to be playing uh, the Bears? Because I know, at least in the last few years uh, anyway, especially when Schwartz was the coach, it was one of the more hostile uh, matchups in the division. I mean, a lot of bad blood between these teams. And, you know, Sue always seemed to get Cutler in one way or the other. And sure. even though, you know, when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, that actually wasn't horrible. It was violent, but it wasn't bad. Right. Um, you know, when you go back and look at it and things like that. But, you know, for Lions fans, is, is Bear Week the week you guys look forward to when it comes to the NFC North? I think so, yeah. I think the Bears are considered the, the Lions' biggest rival from the Lions' point of view, uh, if for no other reason than all the other, you know, Detroit-Chicago rivalries are, are so heated as well. Right. I think... I'm not sure where the hatred comes from. I know Jay Cutler probably, you know, <laughs> earns a lot of it from, from Lions fans. Um, I certainly know that even though he's not on the team anymore, the Jared Allen move really pissed off some Lions fans. Because <laughs> um, he, you know, he had actually said some nasty things about Detroit in the past. And we were finally glad to get rid of him in Minnesota. And then when he goes straight to Chicago, it was just like, yeah, that's such a Bears thing to do. Right, right. Um, well, I can I can think of a moment. It dates back a while, so you may not remember this. But is this going to be the Paul Edinger kick? No. Well, <laughs> that's you know. Well, there's always the Marty Morningweg a licking to kick to the Bears in overtime. If <laughs> you remember true. that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I remember. I don't remember what year it was, but there was a Paul Edinger field goal kick in a. I think it wasn't even a Lions game, but it knocked the Lions out of the playoffs. No, it was. It was. Was it, it the was Lions? A, yeah, it was it was in '99, I believe. Okay. And it was the season finale, and he kicked like a 55-yard field goal. Yeah. And I think the furthest in the season he'd hit was like 48 or something like that. Yeah. And it knocked you guys out. But I'm actually thinking a little further back. It was the last week of the season in '85 okay. when the Bears won the Super Bowl. Uh huh. And there was a play. I think we had actually injured your starting quarterback. Okay. And then your quarterback, I forget which one. It might have been Whipple or whoever his backup was in 85, was rolling out to his left. He throws the ball and gets absolutely trucked <laughs> by Wilbur Marshall. Like he lifted the guy off of his feet and we never saw him again. <laughs> I mean, he, he, like a, 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 he went a, into a orbit. Like that. He did. He seriously did. Like when they went back and looked at it, it was like even back then when that wasn't considered too bad a hit, People were just like, holy Christ, he killed that guy. He's like, he is dead. That guy is dead. Like, a, a hit like that today, he would be suspended, like, immediately on the field. He'd, he'd have a letter waiting for his locker in, from FedEx after that kind of hit. So, I mean, maybe that, like, hits like that, uh, you know, back when the Bears were it on defense and they would easily take it out on the Lions because the Lions were not very good in the 80s. Right. Um, maybe it dates back to... I mean, there, there's a moment to point to for sure because he absolutely massacred that guy uh, on that play. You have to go back and look at it. It's, uh, you know, if you see it on, like, YouTube or something, sure. you see exactly what I'm talking about. Like, week 16, 1985, Wilbur Marshall just absolutely murdered the court, just murdered it, you know. And it was so, so Wilbur Marshall thing for him to do. I mean, he launched the guy off his feet, and it was, it was pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. So... But, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of moments like that where there's just a bunch of hatred yeah. between the teams. And, of course, you know, from the Bears' side, it's like, well, thanks for drafting Barry Sanders. That ruined a decade for right. us. And, you know, it's like who could tackle that guy for 11 years or however long it was that 
that Sanders played sure. uh, and everything. So Yeah, and then we, I mean, we had to deal with Urlacher for a decade and a half or however long yes, he played. I think it was 12 seasons, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely – lots of room for uh for hostility there so i mean i was just wondering you know because i i know and i've proclaimed to you that the lions are my least favorite team uh in the division but the rivalry is still kind of bears packers as far as or at least in the media's eyes right anyway it's like the thing that people forget is that even though green bay and chicago are you know like the biggest rival the oldest rivalry is chicago and detroit right because they've they played more games against each other and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's definitely a traditional um, matchup. And, um, you know, you guys swept us last year, so we definitely want this one. Yeah, and, and the last matchup, if I recall it correctly, had a couple uh, controversial plays on the lines. And I know there's one play that Ziggy Ansa knocked the helmet off of Jimmy Clausen, and I think from yeah. a cu- concussion – it was a delayed concussion, actually. Like, he finished the game and right. then started feeling symptoms afterwards. Right. And then was that also the game that Rayola did something? Yeah, because he got suspended for Week 17 or whatever. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's still kind of uh, – fr- he's gone now, isn't he? Rayola's gone, but I'm sure, I'm sure okay. there's still some fresh feelings from some of the Bears players, and I'm certain there are from fans from that game. Alone. Right, and I'm sure that, that that Cutler is sleeping a lot better, knowing that Indomitian Sue is not going to be waiting for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, in Detroit. So, so who's if if you guys are um, missing Nada and uh, and your other defensive tackle, who's who's playing in their spots right now? Um, there's a guy called Karen Reed. Um, he's a I don't know, I think he came from a, a later round draft pick, and then the Lions picked up their perennial mid-season signing in uh, Andre Fluellen, who I think they've signed now nine different times, and those aren't re-signings. Those are just signings, like, in the middle of the season. This guy's come yeah, back I think, a million times. I think times. we even had him for a little while, actually. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he was signed last week, uh, played a little bit. Um, and then Gabe Wright is either a fourth or a fifth round draft pick from this year. He got quite a bit of snaps last week. I think the hope is that Nada can come back this week, although he didn't practice on Wednesday, so he's off to kind of a an iffy start there. Um, and then the guys on the outside, Ziggy Ansa has actually had a really good season. I think he may even lead the league in with his five sacks so far. So the the worry there was that without kind of the push from the inside from Sue and Fairley and C.J. Mosley, that he wouldn't be able to pick up those sacks from the edge. But he's actually managed fairly well with uh, without that help from the in, inside. So he's the guy that you're going to have to worry about, both really in the running game and the passing game. He's a really, really, really good run defender. And like I said, he leads uh, – if he doesn't lead the league in sacks, he's very high up there with five. Okay, so you got you still got Ziggy Ansah to kind of hang your hat on as far as defense is concerned. Um, who else on that defensive unit should the Bears be watching out for this week? Um, it's kind of hard to say because they're so injured. Right. I, I I do still believe in Darius Slade. They're the number one corner. He's kind of been burned on a couple plays in back to back weeks, but aside from literally like two or three plays. He's been pretty much a shutdown guy. I'm not sure if Alshon's going to play this week, but it looks like he's well on his way. Um, that'll be a really good matchup to watch this game if it, if that's what ends up happening. Other than that, the the line safeties, Glover Quinn is a pretty good guy in coverage. He's reliable. 
So you may, may need to look there. Um, he might pick one off. And then Josh Bynes is a guy who's been playing in DeAndre Levy's place and has actually played pretty well. He's not a guy who's going to wow or, you know, make huge game play, game-changing plays, but he's he's that guy that you look at on the stat sheet after the game is like, wow, that guy picked up 11 tackles. That's That's surprising, but makes kind of a lot of sense when I think about it. Sure. Now I'm I'm looking at your schedule and um if you guys don't win this week, um you got Minnesota at home next week. Mm-hmm. I think that's winnable, I suppose. Then you're at Kansas City at Arrowhead. That's actually uh, in East. That's in London. So Oh, that is in London. Yeah. That is that London game, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Well technically it's a road game for you guys. Right. So uh, then you got the bye week, Green Bay, Oakland, Philly, Green Bay again, Thanksgiving. No, not Thanksgiving. You got Philly on Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, but St. Louis, New Orleans, San Francisco, and then we close out in Chicago at Soldier Field. So whew. <laughs> if you don't win this week, where do you think it's going to happen? Uh, God, I don't really want to play that game. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, stranger things have happened in London, so I think – I think the yeah. Lions either pick up the win this week or in London. Um, okay. The good news for the Lions is that they only have one more opponent right now with a winning record, and that's the Packers. Um, right. They have, I mean, they they have the Vikings who are two and two, but the the rest of the season eases up a ton when you consider how rough that first five game stretch was for them. So I, I do think the Lions will pick up a couple wins here or there. Um, I'm not expecting a an eight and eight season at this point, even, but I think the Lions will pick up four or five along the way. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it starts this week, just so that I don't have to deal with another week of doom and gloom. Although I kind of view right. this game as a lose lose for the Lions because sure because the the Lions fandom is so cynical at this point. If they beat the Bears, they're going to be like, well, it's just the Bears. And obviously, if they if they lose to the Bears with them being a rival and a perceived team that's not very good right now, or at least still in the rebuilding stages, you know, any any semblance of hope is just going to be completely eviscerated with a loss against Chicago this week. So so you're not among those in Lions fandom that is now rooting for 0 and 16. No, I've, I've never been that kind of fan. I don't. I don't understand it. I, right. I I get that people want to change with the organization. I get that they want a high draft pick, but this is a team that I'm riding and dying with each week. And mm-hmm. I I don't think that's that well, I don't I don't want to say true fandom because everyone experiences fandom in a different way, but I've just I've never seen it from that point of view where you're rooting against your team. Right, no, I definitely get that. I mean, and and the funny thing is, is that three weeks ago, Bear fans were having this exact same discussion. Right. Because after we, we, you know, we lose at Green Bay, that was a tight game, but we lost it. And then it was a tight game with Arizona in the first half, then they blew us out in the second after Cutler went down. We had nothing to offer on offense after that. Right. Seattle, we get shut out, um, you know, and it just didn't look good. So after those three games, we're 0-3, everyone's predicting well this team is going to be you know they're going to have the number one pick i mean come on i mean look it's it's happening and here we are heading into detroit after two you know crazy wins and you know looking to make it a third 
uh, in a row. So, I mean, I understand where Lions fans are coming from as far as, uh, you know, uh, the reason for this uh, discussion because we Bear fans were having the same discussion a few weeks ago. Right. Like, do we want them to finish? Like two and fourteen, so we can get a number one pick. I mean, because that definitely means Cutler won't be back, right. and you know all those that that still are on that Cutler's got to go bandwagon. I've honestly never understood that one myself, right. but that's just uh, that's me. So, but I can definitely, you know, we as Bear fans can definitely empathize with you being the you know ride or die. I'm not rooting for my team to go zero and sixteen. That's stupid. Right. So yeah, and you know, I can definitely. F- you know, understand. And that. let me just say, as someone who has been through zero and sixteen, you don't want to experience it because it <laughs> sticks with you. It's you know, it it's being brought up everywhere right now because the lines are zero yeah. and five, oh, and yeah. it's just it's a stink that never comes off, and you don't right. want it. You don't want it. Yeah. So you're not one of those fans because I remember there was a guy that actually tattooed. <laughs> Owen sixteen onto his body. Oh yeah, no, there's there's tattoos. I've seen a couple jerseys that are they have the number sixteen on the back and the name on the back is Owen O W E N. Oh wow. Owen sixteen. <laughs> it's I I don't yeah I, and I and I think that those are like some of those fans that are that are almost kind of like you like they're like they're trying to embrace it as a way of like reversing the curse right kind of thing like i'm gonna embrace owen 16 because we you know we survived it we came through it and we're still here as fans and and stuff like that so i can kind of understand that kind of mentality but like you i can't understand the i'm praying for owen 16 to right and i think i think part of it is also the lion lions fans have to have some sort of sense of humor about it as well and that gives us like the power over it so if we can make fun of owen 16 like suddenly it doesn't hurt as bad Right. No, I I definitely get that. I get that. So, all right, Jeremy, I think that's uh, that's all we need from you this time around. Obviously, being division rivals, we're going to have a chance to talk to you again week 17. Yes. So I guess we'll be talking about what the possibilities are at that point right. uh, in the in the season and uh, and, and whatnot. So I may be ready. To, right. I may be ready to talk about the draft by then, but I'm certainly not ready now. <laughs> Right. And, you know, we might be talking about Jim Caldwell being fired right. and, and what all happens uh, there. So uh, it'll probably be uh, like around the first or second of the year because we play on January 3rd. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to see how we can get our schedules lined up on New Year's Day. or Sure. Something. Sure. We'll, we'll figure something out. All right. We'll be glad to have you back. And, um, you know, aside from this Sunday, good luck going forward until we see you again week 17. All right. All right same to you, Larry. All right, Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit on SB Nation, talking Bears and Lions for week number six. So not only could I not resist playing Detroit Rock City because I'm a KISS fan, but also because I'm just giving you a preview of the little snippets going into commercials that you're going to hear Fox play. Because anytime the Bears are in Detroit and they're playing the Lions, they always have to have that Detroit-themed music. So we're going to hear some Bob Seger. We'll probably hear a little bit of uh, Kid Rock because he's from the Detroit area. Maybe even go wacky and hear some Eminem, but you will most decidedly at one point or another hear Detroit Rock City going into a commercial at some point during the uh, football game. So, anywho... 
want to thank Jeremy once again for being on the show. It's always fun to have him on. And, uh, you know, being a division rival, we will see him again at the end of the year, as we were talking about uh, before. And uh, hopefully for, for at least for his sake anyway, hopefully that will not be the game that decides whether or not the Lions are going to go 0-16. So, uh, but wouldn't that just be the cherry on top? No matter how the season goes, at least we were the team that ensured the Lions win 16 and 0. Wouldn't that just be fantastic? So, I mean, but how crazy was it? Those those comments talking about how the fan base is, has kind of already checked out and they're rooting for 0 and 16 and and all that kind of stuff. I just not really a theory I could get behind. Even when we were 0 and 3, and people were talking about how we're destined for the number one pick and and all the rest of that stuff before the Bears won these last two football games. That was the discussion that was being had and, you know, coming out of the lips of Bear fans uh, and such was, you know, tanking the rest of the season to make sure that we get that top pick so we can get that quarterback that's going to replace Cutler or, you know, whoever the Bears would want to take with that first pick uh, overall. So, um, you know, I'm glad that uh, the Bears have won a few games so uh, that were that discussion is put to bed, at least for now. Uh, anyway so I mean I don't I could never really endorse the idea of doing that you know if they lose and that's what happens then fine but I'm not going to sit here and root for it I'm, I'm not it just seems silly uh, to me so anyway that's uh, you know we'll see what happens on Sunday like I said I anticipate the Bears uh, are going to have a, a good weekend uh, against the Lions come away with the third straight victory and head into the bye uh, on a big roll and get ready for the Minnesota Vikings in two weeks' time. So we will see what happens. We will come back for the review episode before we take a nice little break. Uh, I did speak with Jeff, Jeff Dickerson uh, about coming on the show during the bye week and got a got a confirmation that he wants to do it. Now it's just a matter of getting our schedules together to see when we can uh, sit down and, and have a chat about the Bears uh, kind of reviewing the first six games of the season where we thought they'd be where they are where they're going to go uh hopefully that's the discussion we get to have with jeff uh probably release at the same time next week around thursday uh to go into the weekend uh, and such uh the weekend without a bear game so um but i'll keep you posted on that hopefully i'll have more or at the very least a confirmation on whether or not jeff dickerson will be joining us uh on monday when we do the review show so until then my name is larry d we'll see you next time on the Chicago Bears Review. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.